The April 20th Mindful Parenting Retreat Day is filling up fast. Join me and other parents in Wilmington, Delaware for a day of rest and relaxation, mindfulness and mindful communication practices, and a live podcast too. And my special guest for the live podcast is, drumroll please, Lynetta Willis. You know her from episode 366 and 400. She is a psychologist and sought-after speaker who teaches her Triggered to Transformed program to struggling parents. Join us and bring a friend to this powerful day-long retreat in Wilmington, Delaware on April 20th, 2024. But hurry, space is limited. Go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat to get your spot now. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 158. Today we're talking about how to deal with mother-in-law challenges in a special on-air coaching call. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. A Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clarkfield's Mindful Mama Mentor. I help smart, thoughtful moms stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting course, and I'm the author of the upcoming new book, Raising Good Humans. Welcome back. I'm so glad to be connecting with you again. This is going to be a really cool episode. If you have challenges with family, interfering with your parenting, you'll find this episode really, really interesting. My mindful parenting student, Amy, has been dealing with her mother-in-law, coming into her parenting, buying too many gifts that she just doesn't want, and all kinds of challenges. So I'm excited for you to join me at the table as in listen in as she gets advice on how to get her own needs met and how to change her thinking about her mother-in-law before we even start to address this problem. And then what to do about all those toys. Oh my gosh. So I know that you are going to enjoy this episode a lot. Before we dive in, I just want to invite you to let you know that I have a mindfulness for mothers guide that you can join in and get for free. It's a free audio guide, just like getting another free podcast. And it's at mindfulmomguide.com. And when you check it out, I hope you'll come and join the Mindful Mom tribe and join the conversation in our private Facebook group. And you can learn more about that at MindfulMamaMentor.com. So get the free guide at MindfulMomGuide.com and then join us and talk about it and get support, get help and accountability at uh, MindfulMamaMentor.com. So now join me at the table as I talk to Amy with this special on-air coaching call. Amy, thanks so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So you have taken the Mindful Parenting course, and we get to talk today about relationships with people beyond our kids, all the people who are involved in being with our kids. But first, just like our coaching sessions on the course we want to dive into, you know, we want to lean into what's good. So what are some wins you might have that you want to share? Well, one is that I started going back to school last semester, just at our community college, five credits last semester and just for this semester in environmental science. And I didn't know exactly what I was going into before. So like been focusing and focusing and it's helping me to have an additional thing other than like taking care of my daughter and making sure she's raised really well that I can be focusing on. And before I had like this feeling of like almost dread of thinking about like what's going to happen when she's in school and stuff. And like, I don't have a career because I didn't have a career really before she was born. I was trying to teach yoga, but it was really, really hard to make a living doing oh, that. It's crazy. And so I'm like, I can't, I like this, but I can't really spend all of my <laughs> my energy in doing this and not feel secure. So Mm -hmm. that's that. And then, yeah, I've been really focusing on trying to be present in the 
good moments and easy moments with my daughter, like enjoying them, I guess. Like, so that's been good. I just started uh, my meditation practice again. I was kind of encouraged by you and some other guests who were talking about meditating with your kids there. And (laughs) I know he's going to try to do it at her nap time, but I've needed to use the nap time for schoolwork. So then I just hadn't done it for so many months. So I just finally thought one morning, okay, I always thought doing in the morning is kind of impossible for me because I wake up with my daughter and, but I just sit on the bed and I said, I'm going to meditate for a few minutes. And so I've been doing that and and she's there and, and yeah what she, cool what does she do she'll like sit and read a book or sometimes she'll come over to me and want to nurse but I just tell her we're not nursing now but yeah. but yeah that's she kind of has figured out sometimes she just sat sits in my lap but it's not for very long I'm not doing yeah. it for yeah, minutes. Yeah. I'm just doing yeah. like I haven't started with a timer yet I'll probably put a timer sometime soon just to take some of the ease off. Like if you're always trying to decide when to end it, then it's mm-hmm. hard to focus sometimes. Yeah. So it's just until I'm like, okay, I've done enough, but I don't need to get breakfast ready. <laughs> that's awesome. That, that's great. That's great, Amy. High five. Because that's like how we, how we build habits, right? Is we make it, we incorporate it in a way that makes it, that's easy in our life. And, you know, good for you too, because that's such an amazing example for her to see, I'm not going to wake up and run around like a crazy person. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to pause and I'm going to take some time for myself. So that's, that's really, really wonderful. Awesome. And good for you for going back to school too, because it really helps. It's good for our kids to, I mean, not that it's bad, you know, whether you want to be a stay home mom or whether you want to do something else, whatever, rock on, it's your choice, you know, do what feels good to you, but it can be hard for all of our energy and all of our fulfillment to come from our kids. Like when, you know, cause at first when they're born, it's like, Oh my God, you know, your world's just turned so upside down and so insane. And you feel like this is the most important thing in the world. And it is, but then it's almost like too much pressure on them. If like there are everything, you know, mm-hmm. so it's nice. It's probably helpful to, you know, for you to have some, some adult time, some time away from the everything too. So mm-hmm. Good, good for you. And so it's just your one daughter, right? You have, and how old is she? She's two and a half. Okay, so she's really young. Yeah. Two and a half. Only a child, as of now. <laughs> Probably the only one. It's always a lot harder than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and especially the dynamic with my mother-in-law, like, I don't know, like, yeah, when she was a little baby and she'd be crying, like, and I was trying to get her to calm down. She'd, like, walk downstairs like two flights down into the room sometime and like hold her she'll stop crying for a little bit and then she gave it back to me but I don't know she didn't do it that many times because I've made it clear that I didn't want her to be coming in in that type of situation I'm mm. trying to comfort my child yeah 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 but yeah like that's kind of the the beginning of our relationship with our daughter together <laughs> so so that brings us to your challenge which is which has to do with your relations with your mother-in-law and your daughter and everything like that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on? Okay. Uh, Well, my mother-in-law lives with us and there's no prospect to that changing. She's retired. She moved to the U.S. later in life. So she isn't really able to support herself either way. I mean, if she could, it would be not very good life and so my husband just wanted to support her and she was already living with him when I met him and I thought wow this is a good value like that was one of the things I liked about him and the relationship between me and her was okay it was pretty good for a while we've been together like six years I think and I don't know I think she like I don't know, because she doesn't have a lot of other friends. She's like really looking for like sometimes connection with me when before we had a kid and like uh, it's hard. This part is really hard to explain. So I think I'm going to skip over that to the picture, <laughs> to the kid part. But the very first beginning of like real big conflict was when we were at a rental house and she was keeping these plants on our grass under a tree and like, 
it was killing the grass and I didn't want the grass to die at a rental property. So I talked to her about what the requirements were for these plants. They need to be in the shade. And there was a shady place on the pathway in the front of the yard. So I think I might even said to her, like, I'm going to move. Like, would this be a good place also? Then one time when I was getting ready to move the lawn, she happened to be away, but I moved all the plants to the front yard. And she came back and she just like went ballistic, like, I don't know, you should just throw these away or something like that. And there is a language barrier between us. She doesn't speak a lot of English and I don't speak much Russian, which is her language, her main language. So yeah, anyway, so there's like some simmering tensions. And I was probably like even two years before I had our daughter and my husband works during the day. So I'm mostly home with my daughter. We since moved to a different house um, right before my daughter was born to have more security because that rental market here is really crazy. And so, so you married into not only your, you didn't mar- just marry your husband, you married your husband plus his mom, which, yeah. is a, which is a whole dynamic that most of us don't have to deal with. That's, that's a lot. That's a whole, you have a whole relationship with your husband, but now you have a whole relationship with her too. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't really take that into consideration when deciding to like keep my pregnancy. I don't know if everyone would describe that because a lot of people do try to have kids, but I wasn't intending to mm-hmm. become pregnant. And I guess I didn't really like consider what would that make the relationship with my mother-in-law like, because I was mostly thinking like, oh, like my husband and I, we have these plans together and at some point we'd like to have kids. And I don't think my body can take it if I wait much longer. Like, yes, even though yeah. I'm not that young, it's going to be harder still. So now your daughter's two and a half. And you described sometimes, you know, when she was a baby, your mother-in-law would come down and comfort her. Take us through some of the problems and the issues that you have with your mother-in-law. Okay. So really the mm, one big thing is... So I'll just give the kind of the lay of our house to make the upstairs downstairs make more sense. We it's like Downton Abbey over there. No, <laughs> yeah, we have a split level ranch. So when you walk in, we've got like a one level, and that's where our kitchen and our living room is. And that's our like the well, that living there room there is like the ideal place for my daughter to play. Like I curate the toys that are in there and like all of that. And then there's upstairs, we have three bedrooms. And then downstairs is a daylit basement. And that's where my daughter and I stay. Sometimes my husband's with us too at night. And we've got some books and some toys. But that is where it's cooler in the summer and warmer in the winter. And you know, basement sounds creepy. It's just a nice room. Sounds <laughs> and, cozy. Yeah. Okay. And so my mother-in-law is upstairs in her bedroom. That's where she spends a lot of her time because... She moved across country when after shortly after my husband and I did to live with us because of the issue of her not really being capable of supporting herself. So back to the the boundary stuff. My daughter has a really hard time staying and sitting and eating her food if her grandmother is like is nearby and we don't share our meals. So like I don't know if she, if her grandmother comes downstairs, she's just like, I'm done with breakfast. I'm done with lunch. Like I'm not eating. I'm just going to go play. And when she's playing with her grandmother, it's just like my grandmother, my mother-in-law is constantly talking. She like will never stop talking. Sometimes she's singing. Sometimes my daughter's not even looking at her, but she's like trying to get her attention. And so her playing with her is like very irritating to be near because she's like doing all these things for my daughter that I like would like my daughter to be doing instead or like trying to introduce her to things that I'm trying to avoid introducing her to like princesses. Like I'm, I'm really trying to like avoid the princess culture until my daughter's interested in it. Yeah, um, <laughs> if she shows some interest. So, yeah. so you're worried that like she's doing things for your daughter, whereas you want your daughter to be having independent play and she's doing things for her too. Yeah. Yeah. And like, sometimes it's like, she's got this 
she's been into this King Kong right now. So my daughter might have something that she's playing with and like pretend, maybe they're pretending they're having food or something. And then the King Kong will always be asking, can I have some too? Can I have some too? And then like maybe my, my daughter sometimes really doesn't want to play with this King Kong doll, but my, my mother-in-law just keeps saying it over and over and over and over and over again. And then like, maybe they're playing with a bus and then like, my daughter puts one little toy on the bus and maybe a few other toys that she wants to. And then my mother-in-law will find another little toy to put on the bus and say, I want to come on the bus too. I want to come on the bus too. Sometimes my daughter wants to bring on the bus. Sometimes she doesn't. But like, I don't know. This this is one thing that is really irritating to me. I don't know if it makes any sense. Why it sounds irritating, I'll just give a disclosure here that I know that at some point in my life, I'm going to look back and be listen to this and think, wow, all these concerns are really silly and petty, but it feels really real and really hard to me right now. It is hard. It is real. And your frustration comes through. But I think, you know, some healthy skepticism in my life has served me well. And if you're like that, if you can spot a too good to be true health hack from about a mile away, you read labels like it's your job. Congratulations. You're a skeptic. And Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. I take Ritual's Essentials for Women 18 Plus every single day, morning and at lunch. And I am feeling great. I love this vitamin. Ritual's Essentials for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. Plus, Ritual Vitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp, and made traceable. They select lower carbon packaging, they prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients, and set ambitious climate goals. Plus, Ritual is a female-founded B Corp, which means they are responsible to the health of people and our planet. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com mindful. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mindful for 25% off. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. So we have enough time to kind of talk through some of the things. Imagine if you were giving like a sort of a bulleted list. So one of the things is the the play and it's super intense and she's doing some things for you. She's introducing princesses. She's she's like distracting her from meals. Mm-hmm. What else would at, be in that She's list? distracting her from nap time, like before nap time or bedtime. My daughter is sometimes is like running actually to go to play with her grandmother too. So there's this like, there's this amount that I don't really have like control over whether she's spending time with her mother-in-law or not. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, probably some hard feelings that my daughter wants to spend time with her mother-in-law and not spend time with me. Mm-hmm. She does eventually, you know, like sometimes she'll come back to see me, but I have so many like responsibilities of like getting all the food done and like, and all this. So then, yeah, it doesn't always leave a lot of time for me to be like playing with her. And I end up having to feel like I have to leave the house to spend time with her um, Mm -hmm. one-on-one. So that's a big thing for me because it's like, 
this extra layer of stress. I do always try to get her outside every single day. I do take her outside every single day. So we have some time together from that no matter what. But gifts is a big thing too. She's probably given her like seven things this week. Like this weird chick and some tiny calico dolls. And like we've asked her from the very beginning, please do not give our daughter gifts and especially not so many and they're small little choking hazards and sorry she is so she's not respecting your wishes on this not at all Um, yeah yeah i hear you i would be terribly frustrated with all this too sorry yeah Mm -hmm. oh yeah and then some other background is that when my husband was younger and his sister was too and the sister is not communicating with her mother right now is they were both hit by her and teased by her. And, and I know that, and I've talked to both of them about it and they both feel like she's probably not going to hit Ina, but it's still something that like, because she denies it and there's no way to know, like for me to know that she's like moved through getting so angry that you can hit a child, which like I can understand because it's very frustrating sometimes raising a kid, but yeah, like I, yeah, that's a clear boundary, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're worried that she she could get to this point. Sounds like their relationship is close, right? Like she loves her grandmother. Her grandmother mm-hmm. loves her. They're getting a lot out of this relationship. And But some of the worries that you have are about the gifts. And then sounds like you may have talked to your mother-in-law about her potential to hit, you know, and that it's, you know, obviously completely verboten. Well, no, mostly like, I don't know if we really directly said that because that's not something I could really say, but mm-hmm. I do kind of, I always feel like I have to be watching if I'm in the same house as her and like seeing what they're doing. So sometimes she'll like tap her butt or something. It's not like really hitting, but I'll say like, don't hit Ina. And then there was this one time a few months ago that I had to go I don't know where it was, but I came back and Ina said, Baba, pinch me. And I don't know. I think it was maybe about this cactus or something that she might have knocked down in the backyard. And I'm not sure whether she did or not, but I told my mother-in-law, like, I asked her, like, did you pinch Ina? And she just said, like, you're crazy and all this stuff. I'm like, I don't want to be like the person who's denying, like telling my daughter, no, what you're telling me isn't true, especially about physical abuse or any type of abuse so like yeah someone's someone's lying there and you don't know what it was and you want to trust your daughter but obviously I would too you know but then yeah that's frustrating to not be getting necessarily straight answer from your mother-in-law that would be crazy making yeah I mean like she just gets angry like she won't even talk to you about it and like when my husband tried to talk to her about like, oh, you hit me when I was little. She's just like, no, I never did. And she gets angry and she'll talk about something else. Like I support, I don't know, like not related to it. And she'll just continue on somewhere. So they can't really communicate and like come to some sort of resolution. My husband and I are basically on the same side of things. And even though it's really hard with his mother, we do kind of feel like it's like, not necessarily the right thing to just like kick her out of the house and be like, go fend for yourself. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So So, um, it's a big commitment to like figuring out a way to go through this, even though like none of us get along and he's irritated when he listens to his mom play with my daughter too. And so he never wants to be like in the same area as the two of them. And Yeah. And part of the problem is that she she just doesn't leave the house very often at all either. You let me know in your email that she yeah. only goes out like once a week or something, right? Yeah, like once, twice, sometimes three times if I'm lucky. It's like very, very seldom that she leaves the house. Like maybe she goes to the mailbox when I go out with my daughter, but I don't know. And it seems like she times the times that she does go out to times that my daughter and I are out of the house anyways. Except for Sundays. Amy, wow. You must feel like, wow, this is like a crazy situation that I've landed in where you're in this uh, like intense living situation with your mother-in-law and it's just because of the the circumstances of the way things are and and that's going to be incredibly frustrating 
all those gifts would drive me bananas too, as someone who's trying to simplify and get all the the stuff out of the house and all the plastic and all those things. And, and that feeling like you always have to be watching. And that's, that's a huge, huge distraction on your attention because I'm sure some listeners are saying like, oh my God, like, it would be so nice to be able to have someone playing with my kid and keeping her happy while I'm getting things done. But, you know, this is your story is a sort of an example of how it's like kind of the grass is always greener on the other side and there's always challenges in, in all of these situations. So let's give your mother-in-law a little, let's look at like her full picture now. Is there anything you want to share about her that is positive that you're, you appreciate about her? Well, one thing would be that we don't have a television in our house. One thing, I guess, is that she can spend periods of time without having a TV on in relation to kids. Like I, my first semester, I spent some time. I had one day that I went to school and one time my daughter, my neighbor watched my daughter and she have a TV on sometimes. And I kind of felt like, oh, I don't even know. Like, I really don't want my mother-in-law to spend all this time with my daughter, but like maybe it's slightly better than having her go to my friend's house in some ways. Another mm-hmm. thing is that she speaks another language, so she's teaching my daughter Russian. That's good. Mm-hmm. She likes plants. We both like plants, but we don't like the same plants. <laughs> I'm only like useful plants in terms of like they have food value or value for pollinators. So I have a big garden. She's got a little, her little garden thing. So I, I mean, we have that shared interest, but just a little bit different. And she always make comments about like, oh, you only like, you don't like any flowers. And oh, we're sticking to the positive right now. So she okay. like okay. plants, she's speaking Russian. She's, it's no, there's not TV, you know, so she's getting all, your child's getting all this great entertainment and connection with a real person, real life, who's someone who loves her and her family. All right, cool. So let's take a deep breath in and deep breath out. So keep your eyes closed for a second, Amy. I want you to just imagine, just breathe and imagine that, you know, I could wave a magic wand and it's a year from now and you are no longer struggling at all in the same way you are now. So your mother-in-law is still living with you, but things are a lot better. And I want you to just kind of tell me what, what does that look like to be in a place where you're living together and you're not struggling so much? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it feel like when you wake up in the morning? Well, feels a lot calmer. It's really hard to do this because I'm like trying to think of how the whole day would go <laughs> and how she wouldn't be there at times that I need her okay. not to be there. Because your mother-in-law um, would be out of the house sometimes. Okay. Not out of the house necessarily, even like if she's up in her room, it doesn't bother me. Okay. Um, it, she would be not around during mealtimes and I'd be able to have peaceful meals sitting down with my daughter. And if it wasn't going peacefully, I'd have the space to like work it out with my daughter without somebody else trying to come in. Mm. And I would be able to say, now's not a good time without her muttering, oh my God, and walking away, mm. pretending that she's can't get out of the baby gate that's blocking off her dangerous room for my daughter. No muttering. <laughs> no muttering. So you, you yeah. would be able to communicate with her a little bit more. Yeah, like she would understand what I want and why, and she'd just do it. <laughs> yeah as I'm not really like right now just trying to exclude her for no reason there's usually some reason for it there's always some reason for it 
Do you think she's feeling excluded? Well, she sits in her bedroom upstairs and I tell her, like, now it's not like, please go. I don't know. Like, or I'll just like have to carry my daughter away. Like she just, if I try to say like, sometimes I can say now is not a good time and she will go away. But yeah, there's Mm -hmm. the muttering. But sometimes she doesn't listen and I feel like I have to pick up my daughter and walk out of the house or walk to another room or something like that. And then, of course, Mm -hmm. you can imagine like a two and a half year old who loves her grandmother, the thing that you love a lot, just walks into the room and you want to spend time with you, you get so excited and then you're being carried away. Like, so I'm, yeah. You don't want your daughter to resent you for that. Yeah. But it sometimes I feel like kind of have to, and this is to get out of the example of what things are going to be like. That's okay. like I one major time that this happens that's really frustrating for me is like my daughter might like I might have to take something away from my daughter in the kitchen. Like she likes to go through the spice cabinet and take down mm-hmm. all the spices, and like so sometimes I'll lock it up after she's been in there for a little bit. She'll start to cry. Like mm-hmm. kids cry, you take things away from them. It's okay that they cry and like you help them through it in like a, a kind way, helping them feel their emotions and stuff. But my mother-in-law comes downstairs during that time sometimes and like just says like, no, don't cry. Or like, what's going on? What's going on? Like, I just want to have time with my daughter. It might take a while, but I don't feel like I should have to try to carry her away into another room to like be able to work through something with her and mm-hmm. I worry that like having someone who's coming in and distracting her in a different language I can't understand really much yeah this is something that I feel is like a really big concern and I'm not sure how to handle that so that yeah so you're kind of per mindful parenting you're trying to help her dot your daughter feel you know she's upset you've you've created a boundary she's upset you're trying to help her you know, you're, you're showing some empathy, trying to help her feel her feelings. And then she's getting this message of don't cry, suppress your feelings <laughs> from your mother-in-law. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So your needs, what would you say your needs are for this? Like, it sounds like, what do you think you, you know, from just from your point of view, what do you need? You need, you're needing to have, to have some privacy, right? With your daughter, and it sounds like you want to have some boundaries around your meals. Yeah. When does she eat her meals? Because does she eat her meals in the kitchen? She, like, will cook and bring stuff upstairs to her room. So mm-hmm. I'm not totally sure. And she says she doesn't eat, like, after lunchtime. Sometimes she'll eat dinner, but she doesn't always. So I think she mostly cooks when we're not there. So I've been trying to be a little more mindful of, like, oh, Maybe I actually need to go somewhere, like go downstairs with my daughter so that my mother-in-law can like come downstairs and cook. But yeah. Have you have you guys ever tried doing meals all together? She doesn't like to eat what we like to eat. We don't necessarily oh. like to eat what she likes to eat. But oh. when we're, my husband and I were talking about this, maybe November, October last year, like we're like, okay, like we got to figure out like how to make sure my, my mother-in-law does get time with Nina. Cause my husband's like, I feel really bad if she dies and like, she never got any time with her daughter and oh, with her granddaughter, which I was like, um, she's getting time with her every single day. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then one idea I had was, Oh, we can like try to have one meal together every week. And he said, okay, that could be possible. I, we can probably manage that. So then I thought, okay, well, you're also supposed to try to help, like, like have meaning with kids, like give them a job or something like that. So like, maybe I could do that same idea with my mother-in-law. So I said, well, you want to have a meal together and could you cook it? And like, I was pretty sure she understood like, okay, it's like Thursday. Like I said, very clearly, like, are you able to do it? Like, can you get it? And then she said, yes. Like, and then it's that day and nothing's happening. And then I was, so of course I was frustrated because I like, I had not planned to make dinner and I actually had something else to do that night. So then I, you know, quickly figured something out. Then I explained to her, well, I was frustrated. Like I said, we like, we talked about this, you're going to cook this meal and everything. And like at this whole time, she's just like been playing with my daughter, you know, in the frustrating, irritating way that I'm hearing her. And then 
Yeah. So then I said, like, okay, I thought she really understood. And she said, I understood. I understand. And I asked her, like, can you do it next week? Like, and then it rolls around to the next week and it just like the same thing's happen. happening. Um, like, yeah, she's like uh-huh. not cooking okay. at all. And so then, yeah, yeah. Okay. Same thing so, y- so you want to have some privacy with your daughter. You want to have some boundaries with your meals. You want to have some boundaries on your gifts. Seems like your values in some ways are kind of like, I was thinking about that, like kind of like simplicity, you know, and your mother-in-law in some ways showing a lot of generosity, which is nice, you know, that, and that's something, something you can talk to your, your daughter about, kind of explain it to her in that way. Would you say there are any needs here that we, we miss? Privacy with your daughter, boundaries around meals, boundaries on gifts. I mean, specifically boundaries on like coming down when my daughter is crying, like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Coming down while your daughter is crying. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe that one. I mean, I'd like to hear your opinion on that. Mm -hmm. But like, Mm -hmm. I like maybe I'm crazy, but I really feel like it's not right to have not not right. But like, yeah, maybe you said it's not sending the right could maybe not be sending the right message or Mm -hmm. having another person come in at that time. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I can hear for you. Like, you're obviously very, you're worried about her influence. And, you know, there's also part part of you, I mean, your daughter's so young that you're home with her, like, in so many ways, like, in any other situation, you'd be that primary figure in her life. And she's so attached to her grandmother. And that part has got to be, you know, I'm sure that eats at you in some way, right? That That's hard to share, that attachment, right, with your daughter. And there's that, you know, I can hear kind of that worry of like, will I have the influence with my daughter that, you know, that I want to have and be able to raise her the way I want to raise her, right? And that's like a fear that that is coming through. I think as far as your relationship with her grandmother, there's only one way to resolve, you know, these problems with any relationship. And that's to to explain your needs to her and have these conversations. And just like with a child or any other person, if that person isn't understanding what your needs are crossing your boundaries, you might have to have this conversation multiple times, you know, and it sounds like because of the language barrier, you're going to have to solicit the help of your husband or if even if not your husband, you might find somebody in your community or in your neighborhood, even a counselor or social worker that speaks Russian, to be able to talk, to have someone there to help you talk to your mother-in-law about your needs. Because just sitting there with your hands tied with this, this boundary around you and just feeling frustrated isn't getting you anywhere. You know, like I can tell you feel like you're spinning your wheels. Right, Amy? Would you say that's kind of... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've, I've like talked with, I even got, like I posted on, on the internet, like I need help to like speak to my mother-in-law so anybody who'd be willing to do interpretive services for me. Mm, and good. so, but that was more than a year ago. And I did find someone who had been an interpreter and like could also be friends with her because she's got kids um, and mm-hmm. my daughter could be friends with her kids. Wow. But, amazing. but then we didn't end up, saying in touch that much and well I talked to my husband about it he's like I don't know you're just gonna you might she might end up not liking that person because like Mm -hmm. she's you know talking to you about this stuff he just kind of like said this is gonna go really really bad (laughs) like he's um, he's worried about having this conversation it's not with his mom he knows that like having conversations with her doesn't go anywhere like last night she I don't know if we have a laptop. What time is it? <laughs> so yeah, there was this weird thing. Ina found a toy at the park, and then she brought it back, and she showed it to her grandmother, and then her grandmother then has to like give her more things. Right? It's like this arms race around toys. Like I, my parents uh-huh. gave her this wooden dollhouse, which is when I went to visit them a few weekends ago. It's this um, Swedish doll, uh, wooden horse. It's like kind of ornamental. It's like very, I don't know important but it's like you know they gave her like one thing in a whole year and then 
because she got this horse, then my mother-in-law is saying, oh, I have to give her more stuff. So anyways. Like- yeah. Yeah. So you want to create these boundaries. You have to create these boundaries. She's not listening, but there's, there's no way, you know what I mean? Like you, you're, you're in this situation, right? Where you're stuck with her. So the only way for her to understand your needs is for you to keep stating them again and again, because there's not like, it's not like you can say, if you keep buying, you know, like when you keep buying her toys forever and ever and ever after we tell you not to, we've had enough, you're out of here. Cause you're saying that's, that's not an option. Right. But to talk to her, you know, you have to think about like, and this is challenging because of that, that language problem, but you know, to, to talk with her with your husband there, maybe with a neutral party there, but say, listen, I have a need. These are my needs. This is what we need. I need some privacy with my daughter here. I need some boundaries around the meals. I need you to stop buying her gifts. Where is she buying the gifts then? If she doesn't like leave the house, how does she get the gifts? It's like kind of like a Walmart that's okay. only, like it's only over here. Like she, okay. I think she goes it there, and she goes to some Russian store, and she she gets a lot okay. of books too. Like, so she's obviously she's probably really lonely. She feels you know like for someone to like want to just keep giving your daughter gifts and to be all of those things. Like she probably has like a lot of insecurities. She clearly suffers in ways, right? She's not able to own up to things that she's doing. She's denying things. And so she's, she may be, you know, like, I mean, I know there's members of my family that are emotionally stunted because of the way they were raised. Right. So we can kind of go back and have stuff like that compassion. Like if she was raised hitting your husband and her and her daughter, then we have to go back and think that was the norm for her. It might have been even worse, right, for her, and it most likely was, right? So she may be like somebody who was, like many kids who were hit and hurt when they showed their feelings, emotionally stunted, like unable to, unable to process things in a mature way. And so, you know, one of the the responses to that for you that might help you relate with her and live with her because you're in this situation where you have to, unfortunately, which is so frustrating, right, is to just keep remembering and keep reminding yourself that she's suffering, that she has suffering. And it's so hard for her to deal with your daughter crying because probably because if somebody had upset feelings in her life, like that was sad, scary, and dangerous, right? So that person could be hit or beat or whatever, right? That's, that's what happens in, mm-hmm. for many, many families in the past, right? Like if you were upset, somebody was mad or sad or, you know, those things could be, you could be hit for those things, right? Mm-hmm. And so this, that feeling of hearing your daughter crying and be upset feels probably intolerable to her, right? And, and it's really hard for her to deal with. So it may help for you, Amy, to kind of get, imagine in her head a little, get a, and to kind of see, see beyond just that frustration, see that she, she's also suffering too, right? Mm-hmm. But the only way for you to get your needs met around your boundaries and things like that is to really, you know, you have to insist. You have to, I'm sorry, you know, you, you have to have conversations with your husband Think about what what are those boundaries? I mean, if they're around the gifts, you and your husband, you know, you may have to say, I'm really sorry. We're going to take these gifts and you talk to your daughter about it. Honey, you know, your grandmother is giving is giving these gifts. We have, we're going to practice some generosity. We're going to give these gifts to some people who really need some gifts, some toys. And explain to your mother-in-law that when you give her all these gifts at times where we're not wanting you know, you to give this gifts when you're crossing our boundary, when you said that you wouldn't and you still do, we're not going to, we're not going to keep these things. We're going to, this is, it's a very logical consequence, right? For them to actually then leave the house, but see if you can get your husband on board with you. So you're not the mean, evil mama. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. 
Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sorry, he actually suggested that, like, we yeah. have to take everything we, she gives to her and then show it to yeah. her. We have all this stuff that you gave our daughter and then give it away. But I like the piece of, like, yeah, to bringing my daughter in a little bit more around it. Yeah, talk to her about the generosity. And you need to learn the language of how do you say... I need my space right now in Russian, right? Like these might be some good cues for you. Oh, yeah. like, you're like, I would really encourage you to find a time, talk to your husband, find a time where you can be with him as an interpreter or even somebody else as an interpreter as a third party to talk about all these needs, to like write them down, to have her really understand. And you, she may say yes, 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 and then deny it later. But then if she does, you can say, like write them down and say, this is what we talked about. And I feel frustrated because you said that you wouldn't be here during our meals. And maybe you can, you know, problem solve around that. Like you want to play with my daughter. It's great that you have a great relationship. When mealtime is over, maybe it can be a fun thing for, you know, your daughter to go up to her door and knock on her door, like in a special code, you know, like dun, 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 or whatever, you know what I mean? Like you could make, bring some playful elements into holding these boundaries, but it all comes down to, you have to talk to her about it. And it has somehow you have to cross that divide. Yeah. What if I'm like having to like enforce the boundary also with my daughter, like she's trying to go up to her grandmother's room. So like picking her up and carrying her screaming down to the table and say, it's time to eat food right now. Then she gets up and runs away. Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think like maybe I just have to keep doing it forever, but also it seems like, I don't know, maybe it's not the right response, but I guess it won't be forever. With two and a half, you are teaching. Like we sit at the table during mealtimes, right? Like that's a value you're teaching. And so you, and hopefully, you know, get your husband on board, have him help to, but hear her and see her first, right? Acknowledge what's going on. Say what you see. Oh, you really want to go see your grandma so much right now. I hear you right at when we're done with dinner. We'll get to do that. But, you know, as gently as you can in your head saying, I'm helping my daughter, you know, I hear you, babe. And just as super gently as you can, bring her back. And she she may not like that, but hold that boundary as lovingly as you can and be as consistent as you can. And that's how kids learn to stay at the table. And, 
kids are running away from the table for all kinds of reasons at two and a half. For her, it's her grandmother. For other kids, it's all kinds of other things. But that's to teach that lesson. You want to think of yourself as her teacher and her mentor. And at two and a half to teach them to stay at the table, it really is about really gentle, really kind insistence. Okay. What would you do if during the needs conversation, she just gets angry and she's just yelling or doesn't want to hear anything? That's what would Mm -hmm. typically happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How could you reflectively listen to that? Well, I could say you feel really frustrated and angry at hearing this. I don't know. Or like, this is hard to talk about, right? I know, right? Oh. Yeah. You feel really frustrated. I know this is hard to talk about. And maybe Mm -hmm. say, I'm sorry. I know it's hard to talk about, but we have to. Right. So the same thing, like she's having a big emotional response. So acknowledge that response. Like, I know this is really hard, but this is really important to me, you know, and to us that we talk about this. Yeah. When you said that, it reminded me that what I'm feeling is when I'm interacting with my mother-in-law, I'm doing all the like the parenting things I would never want to do with my daughter. <laughs> and then it's like kind of easy to do the stuff with my daughter that I want to do. Maybe I'm slightly more forceful and don't have the kind voice yet than I should be. But like, it's because I love my daughter. It's really easy. But like, because I'm so frustrated with my mother-in-law, it's just like, seems impossible to do those things. I don't know. Is that but true? I, That's an impossible. It, it's probably not true, <laughs> but it's impossible. It's just it'd be really hard. Yeah. It's hard. This is a this is definitely a challenge, Amy. That is asking you to grow to a new level of depth in your life, right? It's asking you to grow to a new level of depth and understanding of this person that you're dealing with, right? Of like her challenges and her needs, and also for you to really understand your own needs and how to hold those boundaries for these needs. And this is a super challenging time, but but it isn't impossible. It is something, these are tools that you have, you know, to respond to her in, in a skillful way. And you won't always do it perfectly, but, you, you know, go back and say, okay, how can I listen with empathy? How can I see her and hear her? And how can I have her speak in such a way that she can see and hear me? Yeah. This is hard. This is a hard time. And she's, your daughter's two and a half. I want to point in a half, one thing, some things I want to point out to you that, that this is this is the time where it feels like endless time when our kids are two and a half, but it's like soon she's going to be five and going to school, right? Mm-hmm. And all these things, and this whole dynamic is going to shift a whole other time. You know, again, like as soon as you can blink, this dynamic is going to shift because at some point she's going to be good with sitting at the table and all those things. Like those things are going to all shift too and and probably get easier over time. But I think that you asserting your boundaries now is probably important for you to feel like you have, you know, you need to have, this is your home. This is your family. This is your, your daughter, right? You need to have some sense of control over your life in this situation. So I would, I think this is a good time for you to, to really focus on creating these boundaries in a loving way. Yeah. I want to share just two things. Sure. Yeah. One is this thing that I've tried to do, which is imagining that if it was my daughter doing the thing that my mother-in-law is doing, like, would my response be like an older version of my daughter? Sometimes that helps. And sometimes it makes me frustrated because I'm like, well, then I could just talk to my daughter and like <laughs> <laughs> oh. tell her I feel frustrated. But yeah, sometimes that has helped. And I don't know what your thoughts would be about that of like, I don't know, trying to imagine them as somebody else who you love. And then when I did the course with you, I did like half a page would be like, how do I want to do use these with my daughter and how do I want to use them with my mother-in-law? Like, I didn't feel like I had that many problems with my daughter, like challenges. So I really felt like this has been the place where I need to work on my parenting most with my mother-in-law, which feels so weird. (laughs) It's not really parenting, but like, I don't know. Well, the same skills. skills. Yeah, they apply. They apply to all ages and all levels. 
Yeah, I think that's that might be helpful for you. Is I think, and also to like think about, just keep considering like someone who acts badly feels badly, and try to keep remembering that she's suffering in some way, right? This is why this is so hard for her and try to draw on your own sort of natural compassion in that way. And if it helps to think, okay, how would I say this to my daughter? That's fine. Good. You should do that. Oh my goodness, Amy. This is so, this is such a, such a unusual challenge. It's funny, like, cause I imagine it's much more normal challenge in every other part of the world. Right. But because we have extended families living with us, but, um, so we talked about your mother-in-law and we talked about the challenges and we talked about your vision of what you would like and thinking about your needs and things like that, thinking about having that space and those boundaries and things. So do you have a takeaway from talking today? Maybe an action or some thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking again about how to like, communicate those needs and stuff and I'm still really not sure how to do it. I don't mm-hmm. think I could write a letter in English. I mm-hmm. have heard her speak with interpreters before and she always gets frustrated with them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure that even speaking with having another third person there would work. It definitely wouldn't work to have my husband. We've tried talking to her together even last night about the toys and it went really, really badly. That was one reason I was really reluctant to bring my daughter upstairs today and have my mother-in-law watching her while we're talking, um, (laughs) which is what's going on. Yeah. But maybe having an interpreter write a letter for me might be possible. I don't know. Maybe I'll try to reach out to that person again who I met because it would be nice to just talk to her because she kind of understands that too like she said oh yeah like my mother when she's here she like tries to do lots of stuff too and um, like mm-hmm. she kind of gets the the dynamic and I don't know if this is like just Russian culture but all the books that she get that she has in Russian there's lot, mostly like the kids are with their grandparents all the time like there's hardly any parents in the book. So I don't know if she kind of feels like it's her time. She's supposed <laughs> to be like the one. Oh my God. The- there's like hardly any parents in like any books my girls read. <laughs> They're oh. all like dead. <laughs> all the children's books. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about like, I don't know. It's like putting them in an independent space. But so, oh. so how to communicate? I mean, Amy, regardless of how you communicate those needs, even if you're communicating your needs in English to your mother-in-law that speaks Russian in that moment, she's going to get a lot from your body language and your tone and what's happening, right? So I encourage you to communicate your needs, start to communicate them on a daily basis and whether she understands or not, and then find ways to communicate with her her through somebody else who, who speaks her language. But regardless, continue to communicate them. Like you, you have this situation that that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestions of what to do? Like if someone gets frustrated when you're explaining your need to them? Like, I know this is frustrating. You know, I know this, it's hard to hear this. I know this is frustrating you could say that like, it's like kind of shifting gears. You're talking about your needs, but then you see the what's happening in front of you. And then you kind of mm-hmm. shift gears and say, okay, this is hard for you to hear. I know, you know, so offer some of that, that compassion, but I still need you to give me my space in this moment. And if she doesn't understand, like the, I think the only language I like words I could say would be like, please leave or like go away. Mm-hmm. which I don't know I'm kind of afraid of the saying go away because my daughter started saying like to me like go away like if she's playing with her grandmother or last night she was playing with her her father and she's like go away go back cooking go like mm-hmm. start cooking so like I don't want to be repeating that particular mm-hmm. phrase and I'm wondering exactly where it came from because I don't remember saying it but maybe I have like 
yell that at her, like, especially when she comes down, when my daughter's crying, like I try to just stop her from getting into the room, like go away. Like, so you, you ask the, you know, write down a series of phrases that you would be helpful that are skillful and ask the interpreter how to say them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that you can speak skillfully as best you can in Russian. So, so go write down those phrases, find time to talk, but then say these things in English if you need to. I mean, at least you'll know that you're, there's something you're doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you're right with that spinning the wheels thing, because especially all the stuff that my husband says, like, oh, you can't talk to her. She doesn't listen. And like, you shouldn't even try practically. Like, I don't know. That's probably has prevented me from doing what I know is the only thing I can do. Like, try to communicate to her the needs like and I we almost had a breakthrough day like two days ago but Mm -hmm. then she just got really angry and crazy the next day and Amy I know we're going long but there's one other thing I want to kind of leave you with too is that so this is a relationship that you have in your life whether you like it or not and just like your relationship with your daughter it would be helpful for you to deposit in that relationship bank account so that your mother-in-law can hear you. So it would be helpful to find ways to connect with her on a positive level, right? To, to find times where you can thank her, to, to lean into those positive moments too, to find those moments where you, those things that you can appreciate about her so that your brain isn't just always looking for the negative. I'm not saying that you're making stuff up. You know what I mean? That it's not there. All that stuff is there, but there's also just like you might with a you know a child that's driving you crazy like i would give that same advice to a parent whose child is driving them crazy like go on an appreciation campaign like write down three things you appreciate about her every night challenge yourself to do that so that you can start to see the whole picture right and that you can feel more connected with her and relate to her more on a human to human level does that make sense yeah yeah okay thank you so much for sharing your story and this challenge and being so open and honest. I really appreciate it, Amy. Thank you. Do you have any final takeaways you want to share? I think the advice of trying to see her as a person and the appreciation, things they appreciate about her. It's pretty good advice. Maybe I'll try to go back to Sharon Salzberg and true happiness. She talks about dealing with people you don't get along with. Yeah. I wish you so much luck, Amy. This is really hard. So I'm I'm sure we'll I'll we'll check in again later and see how things are going. Yeah. I guess yeah, directness, maybe that's the right thing. Like I've maybe I've also been trying to be passive and not direct about it because of what my husband said. And yeah, trying to actually talk to her about things. Yeah. Would that's probably all you- be more successful. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much for listening to the Mindful Mama podcast. I'm so glad we could share this with you. I really applaud Amy for coming on and sharing. You know, we all need to figure out skillful ways to to communicate and to get our own needs met, to get that sort of feedback and that objectivity on our own thinking and everything. So parenting brings up so many challenges for us. If you are enjoying this, you might like to have a conversation about this podcast with the rest of the Mindful Mom tribe. And we have a private Facebook group that you can join. And there's a link to that at mindfulmamamentor.com. We'd love to have you come and join us and connect. And if you enjoy the podcast, it makes such a big difference when you share a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever you listen or and even better, even better is share an episode with a friend, tell someone about it. Word of mouth is the best. And I connected with some amazing mamas from the Mindful Mama tribe this past weekend. And it was so great to connect in person. And as we start to get together and come out of the earbuds and into the world, it was just so soul filling. So shout out to the mamas at the Copper Beach Retreat. So much fun. 
And if you want to connect, do connect with us. Connect on the Facebook group, and then the, you never know where that can lead. And and so absolutely, please do support the podcast by sharing it. Share it with your friends, uh, and and let's spread the word on growing and changing and shifting these patterns for generations. It makes such a huge difference. So I'm wishing you an amazing week. I hope that if you are in the Northern Hemisphere, you're getting some more light and you're staying warm and in the Southern Hemisphere, I'm hoping that you're nice and easy breezy. And I I wish you some calm and some peace this week. Thanks so much for listening. Namaste. Are you a mom who wants to feel less stressed and enjoy motherhood more? Do you want to be calmer with your kids and be more present for all of your life? I'm a mom who has gone from really being stressed and yelling when my kids were young to having a more grounded, more at ease relationship with life and having more enjoyable, cooperative relationships with my kids. And I've shown hundreds and thousands of women around the world how to do this. And I want to show you how to do it too. So if you are currently feeling stuck or stagnant, this is definitely for you. I've created a free downloadable audible training, Mindfulness for Moms, the superpower you need. And it will show you how to respond rather than react, how to let go of stress and feel more grounded in seconds, how to have a smoother day today and become more present for your kids for a lifetime. To get on on this audio training absolutely free, simply visit the website www.mindfulmomguide.com. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.